Hello and welcome to the Revelation Station podcast. This week brought to you by Chunkies, the food of champions. Four delicious flavours that deliver a nutritionally balanced diet that promotes health and well-being. Single meaty chunks and a rich gravy. That's a... Gary, what are you doing? I've, I've found us a new sponsor. Chunkies? Is that... Is that dog food? Yep. And you're eating it? Of course. You know my views on this. Never let your dog eat something you aren't prepared to eat. Mm, yeah, but I've seen your dog eat cat poo. Exactly. Oh, right. Um, well, uh, that explains the breath. So, as I was saying, single meaty chunks... No, 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 no. There's an easier way. You don't have to do this to yourself. But I like it. People can sponsor us by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. For only $3, the price of a coffee, they can sponsor the podcast. Well, that will make it easier. But this is really nice. If you've got a dog, I would just like to say that Chunkies is definitely the way That's enough. If you want to stop Gary from eating dog food and sponsor the Revelation Station podcast, please buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Search creators and look for Revelation Station. There we are. You can spend $3, price of a coffee, and you can help us keep running the podcast. And Gary won't have to eat dog food anymore. Doesn't have to, but will continue to do. That's enough. Tell me about it. This is delicious. I can't believe that guy. Doesn't he know who I am? Um, who we are? You're taking this all too hard. At least we were able to phone the stadium management and get us in. It's not your fault you forgot the backstage passes. You're not infallible. No, I'm not. I have full control of my bowels. Think you're thinking of incontinent? Anyway, this is Wembley Stadium? Where we're going to be broadcasting live to the nation? Not sure that you quite understand how podcasts work, but essentially yes. And I can hear the crowd already. They seem lively. Yes. Just to be clear, are they chanting for us to begin or for our blood? The former, probably. We'd better get ourselves ready. To, to the, the changing, changing room! room. <laughs> hmm, well, that was an unnecessary sound effect. Yes, yes, and we don't actually seem to have moved. Anyway, I think the dressing room is down this corridor. Wow, uh, how could you possibly know that? Have you suddenly developed psychic powers? No, there's a sign. Look, there. Oh, thank Christ for that. last thing I need is you reading my mind. What? Why? Uh, nothing for you to worry about. Right you are, then. This way. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this door. <coughs> nope, not that door. Worth remembering, though. How about this door? Maybe later. Well, there's only two left. Try this one. No, that's the roadie's break room. Then by a process of elimination, it has to be uh, this one. Wow! Lots of mirrors! And they've even laid out food logs, cheese sandwiches, volavon, sausage rolls, and, and my favourite, Soylent Green. Wow, I love this stuff. I heard that Soylent Green's people. Yeah, maybe, but I love it. Maybe that's why it helps suppress my cannibalistic tendencies. Maybe? Wait, what? You have cannibalistic tendencies? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not very often. It's not like I'm crazy or anything. Right. Oh, and the curry-flavoured Kit Kats over there on the table? 
That's from my rider, not yours, so hands off. That will not be a problem. So, anyway, we need makeup. Okay, why? <laughs> well, we're going to be projected onto giant monitors. We have to look good. Well, gooder in my case. A little bit there, I think, and maybe a little bit there. When you say makeup, were you going for clown? Too much rouge, you think? A tad. A very large tad. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll wipe it off. Hey, I haven't shown you my outfit. Let's take a look at this. I'll just change behind the screen. Ta-da! What do you think? You look like an uncooked sausage wrapped in foil. And, uh, speaking of sausages... <clears throat> what? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was tighter than I thought. I think it's ripped. Just... Just change back. Hmm. Yeah, maybe you're right. Better? Yeah, still a bit uh, sausagey. Oh, oh, sorry. You do like a good zip. Better safe than sorry. Elton John? Uh, Elton John? Fifteen seconds to curtain, Mr. John. He's not here. I think he must be us. Well, are you ready? This is it. The big time. I never thought we'd get this far when we started this. You know, it's, it's always been my dream to stop eating the soil and green. What an odd dream. No, you. Stop eating it. Sorry, but it's so yummy. It reminds me of my grand... What, the baking? No, the taste. Come on, Charlton Heston. I can hear the crowd chanting. That's oh, me. Oh, they love them. They really love them. Okay, this is it. Here we go. Big breaths. It's not my fault. I think I've just put on a bit of weight. No, big. Oh, never mind. Come on. Welcome, one and all, to the Revelation Station podcast live. Let me hear you say hey. Let me hear you say ho. Yeah! <laughs> I think my mic's off. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Wait, I know how to get this party started. How about a little crowd surfing? Ooh, I wouldn't. Here I go! himself out of the dirt and the mud. Um, it is mud, right? <coughs> Mostly. Yeah, so while he does that, I think it's time to introduce our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, give a very warm welcome, and I'm not sure how Gary managed to pull this off, to Phil Collins! <laughs> Who the hell are you? Yum, could you see, say I? What? Gary! Here, it's not my fault. He's the only Philip Collins in the phone book, so I thought he must be here. And he was cheap. Just try to bluff it out. Bluff it out? Bluff it out? It's quite clearly not him. He's six foot tall with a hipster beard. Wait, the phone book? You do know they list by surname first. What? This is cracking, eh? Looks like a busted party I'm having. What? Is that all skip can Is he even English? 
More later. Later. Much later. Now, get off the stage. Phil! Uh, Phil Collins, everybody! <coughs> Jeez, right. I think we'd better get on with the podcast, don't you? Can I, can I shower first? Absolutely not. Just stand up window. Let's begin. Okay, people. Are you ready to turn it on again? Sides Live, the third Genesis. live Genesis album. Yeah. Yes, so we had Genesis Live, which yeah, was the uh, Peter Gabriel live album, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we had Seconds Out. So this album was released on June 4th, 1982. Mm. Went to number two in the charts. It, it did, it did, went mm. to number ten it did in very America. well, for a live album. For a live album, yeah, yeah. it did. No studio album released in 1982 by the guys, no. but it was actually a really, really busy year for them, because they did a tour in support of Three Size Live, um, Phil released a solo album, Mike released a solo album, Tony wrote and recorded a solo album, it didn't get released until 1983, and then they ended the tour with the Six of the Best concert in Milton Keynes, where they reunited with Peter Gabriel. Wow. And with Steve Hackett for the final track. Wow, now that would have been something. It was um, in the Milton Keynes Bowl. Basically, it was a benefit concert for WOMAD, because Peter Gabriel was in so much debt from after the first WOMAD festival that he was going to be declared bankrupt and lose everything. So they all rallied around him, did this concert, donated all the money to WOMAD. It was on October the 2nd, which was Mike Rutherford's birthday, uh, and it chucked it down all day. Steve Hackett came on for I Know What I Like at the end because he was on tour, so he was he had to fly back. Um, and it was all of them. It would have been a good day. It would have been a great day. It would have been a great live album. They didn't record it. Wow. <laughs> See, now that was what should have been put out. Yeah, exactly. That would have been amazing. Exactly. So I've got actually got a bootleg of that gig, which is listenable. It's not great. It's a crowd it's bootlegs bootleg. bootlegs are listenable. Yeah, it's a crowd bootleg. And it, it, you can hear the music quite well, but also you obviously get the crowd noise quite clearly too. Um, and it's okay. It's really good. And the, the set list was brilliant. They even wow. played Turn It On Again with Peter on drums. So again, why not release that? Yeah. I mean, all right, they probably would have been fighting over the rights and various monies and raised and whatnot. They could have donated the money from the album to WOMAD. What a mistake to make. <laughs> yeah. Talk about missed opportunities. Yeah, exactly. So they could have released it as a concert film, which they did with Three Sides Live. They released the concert video of it. It was released in the cinema, I think. Um, but so it was released is that a full concert? That is... No, it's not. I don't think I've ever seen it. Well, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we will. So most of the tracks were recorded in November, December 1981 on the Abacab tour. So what are you saying, Because uh, some of this recorded in 80, wasn't it? Yeah, in fact... So, so was that still part of the Abacab tour? It was on yeah. the Duke tour. Oh, right, OK. You got a couple 
couple of tracks on there, Follow You, Follow Me, that were recorded in 1980. Uh, one for the Vine as well was recorded in May 1980. Um, and then you go right back to Fountain of Salmasis, was recorded in 1978. But they, they've literally no idea where this recording came from. Nope. It's just one of the ones that they picked up on the way. It should be fairly easy to work out, because I don't think Phil performed Fountain of Salmasis that many times. To quench his thirst A fountain spring appeared before him And as his heated breath Rushed through the cool mist A liquid voice called Son of God Drink from my spring The water tasted strangely sweet Behind him the voice called again he turned and saw in a cloak of mist alone And as he did, her eyes are filled with the darkness of the be able to narrow it down but it's from 1978 but then we go right back to 1976 and we've got it watcher of the skies which was recorded on the trick of the tail tour with bill bruford on drums and yeah. steve hackett on guitar so steve yeah. hackett final genesis album appearance but spoilers that's not what it's everybody not got though is it it isn't no, it's so. only as lucky people in europe who've got those live tracks right. the well americans they just got three by three on the fourth side didn't they that's right well there's a reason this is called three sides live and not four sides live which is because the uk release of this album had a fourth side of the vinyl which was live right whereas on the international edition of the album the fourth side was made up of uh, the three by three ep which we have just covered in a separate podcast plus two Two B-sides from the Duke era, Evidence of Autumn and Open Door, which are on the archive, number two, box set, which we're going to cover as a separate podcast. So we're not talking about that, we're talking about the UK edition, which is the edition that everybody now gets. Right, so the, the, the others don't exist. They now, don't so exist anymore. You can't well, download them or buy nope. them for anything. No, nope. the, the international edition is now out you can't get them. So we're not necessarily going to talk about every single track. No, that's pointless. We've done that before. As with the other live albums we've covered in podcasts, we're going to talk about the whole thing. What we got from this, how we felt listening to it, and whether we thought it was a good live album. So, do you think it's a good live album? No. For me, it seems a bit random in tracks. Well, the thing I have against it is, first of all, there was no 20-minute drum solo. Mm -hmm. So how can it be a live album? Secondly, the tracks on the album aren't in the sequence they would play live in a set. No. In this particular tour, which was the Abacab talk, they would have started off with Doom, but that mm -hmm. doesn't appear till what? Third side? I think that opens the second side of the line out.
It does, but let's it's have out of sequence. Also, we listen to this album, and it is a series of recordings. Mm. It's not a full set. If you'd gone to that tour that year, this is not what you would have heard. So for me, it doesn't work as a live album for that, because yeah. you, you don't get the flow. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the same problem as the previous two live albums they've released. Yeah. They've not structured it the same way they would have structured the set, so you're not getting a representation of what the gig would have been like. No. You're just getting the songs. So Seconds Out, as we mentioned before, was mostly recorded on the Wuthering Tour, but it included none of the really interesting tracks that no. they played. And it's this all... is the same again. I think this is the trouble with their live albums, is they're approaching them as a collection of live tracks. Definitely. Rather than that is exactly what this feels like. Yeah. So if, you, if you'd gone to that tour and thought, they've done an album of this tour. Like, for example, A Show of Hands, Rush. Yes. I went to that tour. In yep. fact, I was at the NEC when they recorded that, so mm-hmm. I'm on that album mm-hmm. somewhere. You can hear me quite clearly. Yes. But when I, when I got home and they released that album, uh, I mean, it didn't take me that long to get home, yeah. but they released the album by yeah, the time yeah. I got home. Where do you live? Did you walk home? Miles away. It was a <laughs> nightmare of a journey. No, um, when they released that, you mm. really started listening to it. It felt like you were back there again. Yeah. You couldn't get that with this album. The fact that they fade in and out as mm. the tracks come in, tells you that this is not one continuous recording and I think that missed the trick because when you buy a live album you want to get the feeling and you want to get the image that you're there while mm. it's going on and you I can't agree. do that with this I agree and I think what Rush did very well with them live albums was keeping the drum solo in keeping the drum solos in but they did it as that was the set this is the order we played the track now those tracks might have been recorded at different venues mm. but they were placed in the order yeah. that they were in the I set think, I think the uh, show of hands one was only over two different dates that mm. they recorded that uh, the NEC and I think one in Toronto mm. but you got the feeling that you were exactly. listening to one continuous concert exactly. and it was great because when they finished the track you heard the roar of the crowd and you heard them getting ready for the next track and the other thing that's missing off this album is any interplay with the audience at all the, and the crowd noise is really Really, really quiet, if yeah. at all. There, I mean, during the songs, there is no crowd noise. I mean, but then again, that goes back to what you were saying about Abacab, mm. where it was poorly received when mm. they were doing the live stuff. Maybe you have to wonder what the crowd that turned up at these gigs were getting, mm. because a lot of these were old-time Genesis fans, and suddenly at this point, Genesis' sound has completely changed. So you've got a lot of old geezers there going, "Do well for the vibe," or whatever, yeah. and that's not happening. Mm. Not on this tour. You must have a lot of the crowd turning to each other, going, "What? What the hell?" they playing yeah I mean maybe there's not a lot of crowd noise during those tracks because all the crowd have gone to the bar yeah yeah so also of course it might be because it was, some of these were done in England not in America I mean mm. we're used to Americans going ah, all the way through the tracks so that on some mm. live albums that record in the States you can barely hear yeah. what uh, journeys captured for example mm. a great live album yeah but you can sometimes barely hear the band from the crowd <laughs> but again it's another one where you get the feel that you're at a concert because yeah. everything flows yeah but this constant fading in and fading mm. out as they do different tracks, yeah. it, just, yeah. it just blows it as being a live album. Yeah, I think as much as they've structured their studio albums really well, so that it starts with a punchy track and it usually ends with a, a good track to end on, and then there's ebbs and flows throughout the album, so different feels, their live albums are just a collection of live tracks. Yeah, it's like there's not been the same amount of thought in yeah. the Having said that, they do start off with a punchy track. Yeah, they do. I mean, they start off with Turn It On Again, but yeah. they didn't start the gig with Turn It On Again, so, no, so it seems really out of place. Yeah, it seems so like an odd way to start the album. It does, it does. Especially when you know that, you know, if you'd gone to that tour, you'd mm. be expecting a representation of that tour, yeah. and you're not getting that. Yeah, I mean, there was a reason they started with a track like Deep In The Motherhood. Yeah, because historically, they yeah. always started their tour with a, a track off the last yeah. album. And they did that to get the fans up and, and ready. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't, you don't start with new stuff. No, you don't. Nobody so. ever starts with new stuff, because no. you want to get the crowd hopping. 
Yeah. Well, not hopping, but, you know, because that would be weird. <laughs> hopping mad. Yeah, that would be weird if they were just hopping. But no, yeah, you want to get them on side. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to start off with a favour. Yeah, exactly. So you would not start this tour with the, with a track you'd be served with. No. But also, as well, talking about tracks, you've got Afterglow on this album again. Yep. Afterglow is also on Seconds Out. On this album, I find Afterglow is probably purest live track on here. Phil is, his singing's fine, mm-hmm. um, but you know how live vocalists just can't help messing around yeah. with the timing of their singing. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that works really well. Mm. Mostly it doesn't, yeah. because the crowd likes to sing along to favourites. Yeah. And when the singer's now decided he's singing to a completely different <laughs> tune than mm. you are, even yeah. though the band are playing the same tune, it throws you out. This one he manages to do a bit of both, and it still stays roughly on track, so mm. you can sing along to it without being thrown out. But the things he has added here complement it quite well. I think this is a really good live track yeah. and probably my favourite live track on here. Really? Bar maybe Dodo, which is an excellent version of that. Well, I'm going to agree with you about Afterglow. I think Afterglow on this album is better than the Afterglow on Seconds Out. Definitely. Partly because, I believe I mentioned in our Seconds Out podcast that Afterglow doesn't work without an instrumental introduction to it. I can't remember what you said because I never well, listened to these. You never listened to, you no. never listened to me anyway. No. Um, but on the album, on Wind and Wuthering, it works really well because it's got the two instrumentals before it goes straight to Afterglow yeah. perfect on the tour it did the same but they didn't do it on the Seconds Out album whereas this is obviously part of the In the Cage medley so it's got all the different uh, instrumental passages from different Genesis bits and it goes into Afterglow it works really well and it's yeah. much better on however the- it will also be on their next live album as well oh right okay so, <laughs> so it's like do they guys really really love Afterglow I mean, Maybe. I don't mind them playing no. it. To be honest, I preferred it on here than I did on the album. I think it was. Yeah. I think it just had a little more vavum to mm. it as a live track. But going to what you said about the instrumentals fading into it on the album, mm. they miss a trick on this one mm. because an abacab at the beginning. Yeah. You know how the track just goes on yeah. and on until everybody gets bored on the album, yeah, and then it just sort of fades out. Yeah. Here they actually end it with a dum dum. just musically fade into the next track. Yeah. Most bands would do that. Yeah. So they haven't got to this weirdly disjointed finish to mm. it. Because it's bad enough on the album that they can fade it out. Yeah, they just have to... Exactly. So I think they should have just faded this straight to the next track. And then that would have worked nicely. The way they end it is a bit... 
Because mm. that end bit to Abigail just goes on and on and it on. It does. And it, it doesn't improve being live no. being really long either. No, so they don't really do anything more no. um, imaginative with the music. It is a pretty good, faithful reproduction of mm. the album until you get to the end. Because they, they haven't figured a way of playing the music and then stepping back from the microphone until you can no longer hear the guitar. So they have to sort of just stop it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really work that yeah. way. So it would have been better if they'd fade it into another track. Yeah, they could have included it as a another medley I exactly yeah but i like the way um on this album dodo lurker goes into abacab pretty much yeah dodo lurker ends and then almost immediately abacab starts yeah it's not quite a, a medley but it, it goes like i really like that and i think you mentioned dodo lurker yeah uh, and you didn't like that on abacab no no it's not one of my favorite tracks on the album no. i have to admit but i think it works really well though mm. it's got a lot of power to it and it uh, works really well it, that is my favorite track on this album Absolutely spot on, perfect, pitched perfectly. Phil does a few little uh, vocal funny voices and things. Ow. Which works really well. Phil Collins, ow. Why? Yeah. Why does he do that all the way through that track? Ow. I mean, it's just weird. Understandably, it's live, you're going to do some stuff. Yeah. But that's just weird, and it's only on this one track, so I don't know why he does that. He does. Does similar things in Misunderstanding, though, doesn't he? Ow. Really? Isn't this version of Misunderstanding where he goes, No, it's not No, I couldn't tell you what happens on Misunderstanding because, just like the album, it still bored me senseless. Yeah. So I didn't listen to it really. Fair enough. I fast forwarded it. I'm sorry, but it's still a boring track, in my opinion. Well, that's fair enough. We'll get letters about that. Probably. Letter. Sorry. Like we said, mostly recorded in 1981. Well, 1881, yeah, yeah from various places. Do you want me to list them for you? No. Uh, the basic ones are uh, Nassau Coliseum in New York mm-hmm. in November of 81, Birmingham NEC in December of 81, oh, and Lyceum Theatre in London in 
18. And the Apollo Theatre in 18 as well. It's a, I think it's a good representation of the tour in without, terms of tracks. Without being without, a live representation of the without tour. Without being a good representation of the live set. Exactly. Yeah. So, But the, obviously the most interesting thing is the fourth side, which is kind of rarities, I suppose. You say rarities. I do. I do say rarities. You're saying rarities. I mean, you've got One for the Vine, uh-huh. Fountain of Salmacus, It and Watch of the Skies medley. Yeah. I didn't like the One for the Vine version. Phil Collins, once again, uh, playing around with the delivery of yeah. the vocals, meant the timing was off on some areas, mm. and I didn't think the music was up to it either. Yeah. I, I, I thought the music sounded a bit flat. Mm. So, not my, not my favourite version of that. Certainly will not be listening to that rather than the album. thinking back. I'm going to surprise you now. Yeah. I still don't like it. No, that's not a surprise at all. No, actually Why? it's not, is it? <laughs> Why on earth would you think that would be a surprise? No, I still think it's a boring track. Yeah. Of all the old tracks that they can put on here to, yeah. to keep the, you know, long-time fans mm. happy, that is a weird one to put on. Yeah. I mean, just going back slightly to the 1981 Abacab tour and the 1980 tour, there were loads of really interesting tracks that they played on that tour that they could have included. Did they do a lot of older stuff? They did the, the knife on the 1980 wow. tour. Wow. Not on every, not every gig, but yeah. a few gigs they did the knife as an old so you could have been lucky enough to listen to the knife live yeah but it might have been better than the version on Genesis live actually I like the knife it's not bad I love the knife as you know it's my favourite track so let's talk about it Watcher of the Skies what's, what's your opinion on that I mean Experience of it was this version. Well, not the clown. Not the clown. Yeah. Not Pennywise. No. I heard this version of it first um, and I didn't like it no. because I heard this album before I heard The Lamb and it was only when I'd heard The Lamb that I thought actually I really like that and it became one of my favourite tracks it was mm. one of my favourite Peter Gabriel era tracks 
But I really don't like this version. I think Phil no, massacres it. Um, I mean, he tries, but mm. his vocal range is completely different. Yeah. I mean, on the cage, he yeah, does a really works. good version. Yeah. I mean, he, he alters it for his vocal stylings, and it yeah. works. I, I think he does in the cage as well as, if not better, than Peter Gabriel does it. Yeah, definitely. To be honest. Yeah, live. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a weird one, uh, this track, um, mm. because it's, it's more of a sort of, it's just a disappointment, because although yeah. it says Watcher of the Skies is on here, it yeah. really isn't. It's just the opening musical introduction. Yeah. You haven't got the full track there. I would have liked to hear the full track. So yes. Oh, when, they, when they've got it on the album and say, oh, it's got Watch of the Skies, it really hasn't. So no. it's kind of, I would not have put it on here as a representation of what I can do live. I mean, on the whole, I do like this album. It's a great one to listen to. You know, it's, it's funny. Just, it's just, it could have been. It's funny because I agree. I, I don't think it's a great live album at all, as I've said already. But I do enjoy listening to it because the tracks are so good. Yes. I would have preferred it if they were more representative of the set list that they played. I would have rather they had something in there rather than there must have been some misunderstanding. Not one of my favourite tracks. Yeah, but, but bear in mind, also, that, was a, that was a big hit for them, though, so... I know, but... Well, there's really? no other reason for them to include a live version of Follow You, Follow Me, because... Which is awful, by the which, way. Yeah, exactly, which is not a great live track. No, it's probably my least favourite track on this album. But it was a big hit. So why did they do it so badly live? I don't know. But all they needed to include on this album was a version of I Know What I Like, and they would have had all three of their hit singles on there. Yeah. But obviously that was on Seconds Out, so yeah. Well, so was the thing. Have to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we still got that <laughs> album. But, you know, we were so down on 3x3. Three three. Mm. We didn't like well, that you... album. I thought we'd agree to disagree on this. Anyway. Well, I'm disagreeing with you. Okay, there's two ways to look at this. On 3x3, three three, yeah. I was down on it. Mm-hmm. You weren't. No. You were wrong. <laughs> so, yes. people may think, well, maybe they don't like Genesis as much as they should. Mm. But we do. And as we've said before, this is not a We Love Genesis podcast. This is two guys who like Genesis and are listening to their albums and giving, I'm not going to say the benefit because that doesn't work, <laughs> but our opinion. Yeah. Whether we like this album, whether we don't. Yeah. I didn't like 3x3. Three three. It's no. an, an honest opinion of our preferences musically. We listen to different music ourselves. He likes Morrissey because he likes crying in a basement <laughs> all on his own. I like. I, I, I don't like the fact that Morrissey's racist now, though. Is he just, racist? Ju- now? Just to let everybody know that. But and I like more upbeat stuff, you know, the nursery rhymes, um, lots of tinkly things. Prince. Stuff like Prince. No! <laughs> um, why Prince? Beaten it. Anyway, yeah. Where are you going with this? I, uh, I forgot. What I said, but you know, the thing is, we are not going to say this is good if we don't mm. think it's good. However, we do quite like this album. Yeah. I mean, it's not what we would have liked no. by no means. We would have preferred a straight live album. But for what we have got here, it's pretty enjoyable. It's pretty good. This al- so this album as a whole, it's not a great live album. It's not a great live album. However... It's more like a compilation. It is. And as a compilation, it's fine. The, the individual tracks are pretty yep. good. I'd worth agree. listening to. I'd agree. I agree. I certainly enjoyed listening to yeah. it. The, my only criticism is that I would have preferred a full live set. Just because it would have sounded better and I feel I would have got more out of it mm. as an album. Because I felt like I was part of an experience. Yeah. Rather than just listening to a selection of tracks. Mm. So, other than that, I like this. I think it's a pretty good album. The production values on it are good. Yeah. Mixed better than Seconds. Out. All the instruments seem to be well balanced, so you're not getting too much keyboard, too much drums. 
everything seems to be bounced. Especially yeah. certain headphones I've found. I actually, I've not listened to this album a lot because it's not one of my favourites, but listened to it recently for this. I've listened to it on my headphones a lot and it actually sounds really, yeah. really good. That, that's how I've been listening to it mm. predominantly. And yeah, it, the sound is fine. It's certainly, um, it's not a bootleg tape yeah. recording at all. These are definitely done through the proper sound mixing booths. And you can tell that. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Again, though, shame it's not a full live album. Yeah. So would you say it's better than Seconds Out or not? Mm. Yes, yes, I think I do. Um, I think from a production point of view, mm. this is definitely better produced than the seconds out. And it's sort of got more of the later stuff. Yeah. I know that sounds weird, but when I started listening to Genesis, it was it was this era of Abacab and, and Duke mm. rather than the old stuff. So I think I like this more because it has got that. However, once again, hitting you with every breath, since I've started doing this podcast with you, mm. my appreciation of earlier Genesis has evolved to the point where I rather rather should have quite like the old stuff better. Ha <laughs> I win! I win in your face! He's so grown up about it. <laughs> yeah, so um part of me likes seconds out because it has got some of the older stuff on. Mm. But I love the production on this one. It's yeah. a much clearer sound. Yeah. Um, it although is. it's not what we might, as we said, mm-hmm. endlessly on this podcast, mm-hmm. it seems. It's not what we would have liked. But for what you get, you've got a good product and it is a yeah. good representation of how they perform live, yeah. if not what they perform live. Yeah. I mean, a bit of an odd decision, I think, to make a three sides live and then a side of the studio tracks. I kind of get it because most of those tracks might not have been released overseas. They certainly weren't released in America, three by three, because the closest you could get was. Would be a Canadian version of it, I think. But it just seems really odd that, that you would plan that. Here's the here's question, though. Why didn't they just do four sides live? Well, exactly. They must have had enough, enough uh, well, they, material. They, they would have done. So why not just do four sides live? It just seems really odd. It's not me. like they needed to flog three by three. No. Because they were basically giving it away on here anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have, if they wanted to, the international market, they could have given it away as a single with it. But the thing is... As Phil Collins has said, mm. even he doesn't like 3x3. Three so it's not like they went, oh, we've got this great album that we haven't released over there, we want to give it to the fans out there. Because even they weren't proud of it. Yeah. So why didn't they just do four sides on it? Yeah, it just seems really odd to me that they would plan to do an album like that. Because they've obviously gone, well, let's do three sides live, and then put these tracks over there. What if the record company came to them and said, look, we, we want to release these tracks in America, but we don't want to release them as a single. Can you make an album? And they go, no. It must have been an <laughs> interesting meeting with the record company, because they must have sat down and gone, you know, we've got this idea, we're going to put out a live album, right? Yeah, we're going to call it Three Sides Live. Oh, why is that? Because we've got three sides of live stuff. You know, a double record has four sides. Yeah. We're not going to leave the last one blank, are we? If you think about it, they probably have enough B-sides to have released a, a, yeah. an album. So That they, would have been more interesting. They, they could have done the 3 by 3 EP, yeah. the two tracks they did. So that side, that fourth side, as one side. And then they've got things like The Day the Lights Went Out in Vancouver, which yeah. were B-sides from many I, too many singles. They've got a couple of, of other B-sides that you didn't use, Submarine and Aminani. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's nearly another side. Yeah. So why didn't they do that? Just off the top of my head, they might even have had another one. They could have put you know, Misunderstanding on there or something. And so these are, this album. They did that with the Beatles so many times in America. Just mm. Yeah, we just take these random tracks and make it into a new Beatles album. Why they couldn't have done that and then given us a proper live album? 
with full sides. Yeah, because the tracks that they included on the four side mm. aren't really standout tracks mm. by any stretch of the imagination. They're yeah. not even very well done like. But even, yeah, exactly, even those aren't the best. They're, they're just, it's almost as if they found them at the back of the closet and went, oh, yeah. what are we going to do with these three live tracks we found? But the thing is, they planned to use those. I don't understand the thinking. They must have had an original plan for that four side mm. that didn't include these. Yeah. So but, what were they planning to do? Were they doing it? Who knows? Mm. Who knows? We'll have to talk to Phil next time we see him down the pub. Yeah, well, he'll still be in the backstage. You pointed out to me that wasn't the real Phil Collins? Yeah, that's true, actually. So he's not going to know. He's not going to know, is he? Okay, so, anything else to say? No, that's it. Is that the end of this podcast? Yes. So, should we thank the crowd? Yeah, let me say yeah! our long-suffering staff who have joined us here tonight to help make all this happen. First of all, our studio manager, Sarah, without who we could never get organised. Say hi, Sarah! <laughs> and of course, let's not forget our sound engineer, Paul! Say hi, Paul! Oh. I said say hi! Pardon? Say hi! ever. And, as this is a special occasion, we've spared no expense. And so for our finale, please welcome our pyrotechnics guy, Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi. And while we have your attention, Dave, it's time for the obligatory fireworks to round off the night. Dave, set off the ducks. The ducks? Yeah, yeah, it's a technical term, he tells me. It refers to fireworks that have been set all in a row, ready to go off. It's something new every day, don't you? Of course. I was foolish to think of things. By the lake? Actually, more sort of outside the magistrate's court. <sighs> well, folks, that was supposed to be a bit of entertainment, but it's turned out a bit more traumatic than we'd planned. So, uh, sorry to all the kiddies in the front row. I'm sure... I'm sure that will all come out with a good sponging and some therapy. It's also making the footing on the stage a bit dicey. There's duck everywhere. I think we should just end on that high point. What high point? Uh, whatever. Say good night, Gary. Good night, Gary.
I mean, you have to, you have to be, you have to worry, not worry. No, do that again. 